Attention listeners, learn, grow, do, repeat with Jamie Tatino. You know we'll never be 100% perfect, though you can chase it. Every piece of knowledge you add to your tool belt just makes you a more rounded person. Jamie is going to be raining value every single episode, along with the amazing guests that he has on the show. They'll be from all walks of life, from all different industries, all sharing their amazing and individual unique stories. Everyone has a story. Everyone has learnings from their experiences, and we want to share that with you. As Jamie loves to say, let's go get it. Hello, 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 and welcome to the next episode, Learn, Grow, Do, Repeat with Jamie Tatino. Today, I'm joined by an amazing guest who has uh, probably asked me more questions about the podcast than anyone else, uh, and has tried to give me the questions of the podcast, uh, instead of letting me just run the podcast, which is good fun. Um, that's what we want, yeah? It's just keen to get on here, which is good fun. So, we have uh, someone who was a law graduate turned entrepreneur, founder of House of Alex, LX, uh, which started as a little side hustle back in 20, uh, 2005 uh, and now has become a luxury personalized jewelry brand made right here in Melbourne. Uh, we have Alex Streza. Welcome. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. How was my uh, pronunciation of your surname? Oh, you, you did well, Streza. A, a very Italian uh, accent on it. <laughs> How are you today? Good? Yeah, I'm well. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thanks for being here. Uh, We're going to have a lot of fun. I've got a lot of questions, but we're going to start with some rapid fire. Okay. Just to sort of uh, lighten the mood a bit. Let's go. Favorite song right now? Um, The Baby Vibes. Don't know it. (laughs) Favorite song to get pumped up to? Um, If you're going to go to the gym, what would it be? It would be something by The Baby. The Baby. I'm going to write that down and just find it. The Baby. Yeah. The Baby. Interesting. Okay. What sort of music is it? Rap. Rap? Like full gangster rap? Yeah. Okay. Favourite movie? Uh, the Notebook. Favourite book? I don't really have one, but... The, if you did? The last one I think I read was Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. Yeah. Okay. Favourite or that was just the last one? It was the last one, but I really enjoyed it. Okay. Okay. Favourite TV show? Um, look, I don't really watch TV shows at the moment, but I used to be into Gossip Girl. I was about to say Gossip Girl. I don't know why it came to my mind. I was like, you were saying, and I used to watch, and I was like, Gossip Girl? Mm-hmm. I have never watched an episode. I don't know why I thought of that, but I did. <laughs> All right. One thing that you hate or dislike, and you can't say coriander. Is it? Does it have to be a food? No, no. It can be anything. Lies. You hate lies. Okay. Lies. Funniest or craziest craziest thing you've ever done? Uh, this is more silly, but I got my finger caught in a door. <laughs> Tell <laughs> and a story. The whole nail fell off. Oh wow! Tell the story. Go. Uh, it, really, that's all it was. <laughs> <laughs> you just put your hand there. It's like, it looks like the door closing. I'll just stick my finger in there. Well, I was twelve, so I'm not sure exactly <laughs> what was going through my mind, but. Yeah. It happened, and a week later, the whole nail fell off. Luckily, it grew back on, which I wasn't sure if it would or not, but it did. <laughs> okay. Book or audio book? Audio book right now, because I love to multitask. Okay. Summer or winter? Summer. Okay. Tell us something that no one knows about you. And no one knows about me? Yes. Oh, that's a hard one. Uh, 
everything I can think of is probably something that people know. Well, tell us something that no one knows. Um, I got Go. nervous before the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, no one knew that but me, so we'll pay it. No one else knew that but me. Okay. If you could choose one person in the world, right? Mm-hmm. One person in the world to have lunch with, who would it be? And you have a two-hour time limit. Mark Zuckerberg. Okay. Why? Uh, I would love to just get in his head about uh, Facebook, about the advertising platform. I'd try and just get as much as possible right straight from the source. I feel like there's so much information about, you know, advertising on Facebook online and I feel like he would be the, the source to sort of give me the tea. Totally. You know? Behind the scenes and what's to come to. Correct. Yeah, good, good. Greatest thing you've ever learnt? Um, I think greatest thing I've ever learnt is resilience. I think it's so important to um, find your inner resilience and your strength no matter what life, life throws at you. And I think in life we have so many things thrown at us all the time from all directions. I think it's so important to kind of remain true to yourself and know your North Star and kind of just be resilient throughout it all. Good. Okay. I like it. That's nice. Did you have many experiences to help build that muscle of resilience, so to say? Is one that sticks out? hundred percent. Like even just my, um, the, the first one probably that was the most, the biggest challenge that I've put myself through the, you know, was me uh, completing my university and it was five years of really hard work where, you know, even some of my colleagues would drop off after the first year, after the second year. And it's, it just really taught me to kind of, um, stay on my path and do what I have to do to kind of get to where I want to where I wanted to go which was mm. to complete it and I mm. I can be quite stubborn when it comes <laughs> to like completing you know something that I've started and I just knew even though uh, at the back of my mind I kind of knew I wasn't going to pursue law as like directly after uni I wanted to finish it because I felt that the achievement of completing it would really give me the confidence to feel like I've gained all this knowledge that I can actually apply to a lot of different scenarios and business situations as well. And it's amazing how relevant, uh, you know, your education can, can be. And I think when you're doing it, it just feels, why am I doing this? Why am I learning this? But I think over time, you know, I look back and I have no regrets that I did that. And I'm actually really grateful that I was able to find the strength to um, get through with it, even though I knew it wasn't something that I wanted to pursue. So you knew that you weren't going to get into law or you didn't want to get into law? First year that I... So initially I... um, I had to decide what I wanted to study. And I think when you're 18 years old and you have to make that decision, it's really hard and it's a really tough decision to Mm. make. So I wanted to put myself in a position where I would feel that 
I would feel challenged and also I would feel that it would open up many doors and many opportunities. I didn't want to close myself onto just one career path mm. and I wanted to do something that would give me options. I love options. So business, marketing and law were like the two things that I felt would give me really great skills like communication, um, and so, so many skills that you can carry through your career. Mm. And that, that was like the reason why I chose to, to study, not necessarily because I wanted to be a lawyer. Um, but yeah, but basically what happened was I was considering it for the first two years. I thought, oh, maybe I would Getting love into to, law. Yeah, yeah, I thought, oh, maybe I would love <clears throat> to do like IP law mm. or... Um, something along those lines but what basically what happened was I really started to fall in love with business and marketing and I really felt this spark within me like every time I was in a business or marketing class I felt that there was just something that really excited me and I would I just remember being in some of the lecture theaters and and looking at some of the brands that they were talking about and I used to think you know a brand like Nike or Apple um, started with an idea and one person and, and, you know, the expansion that they've had and how much they've grown. And I used to be so inspired by that. So the idea of one day building my own brand was always at the back of my mind. I just didn't know how that was really going to, you know... What it was going to look like, yeah, how it was going to happen. But I just... I was mm, always really mm. inspired by it. So... <laughs> there you go. Because right. I find it fascinating that you were doing the like the studying, knowing that you weren't actually going to go into that field. Well, I didn't know for sure. But I mm. one thing that was really certain to me was that I was just so passionate about um, – about the business side of things and especially mm, marketing. Mm. I just – and any um, law paper that was slightly related to business, I loved as well because it. I could mm. apply it. And I, I would always imagine myself in the scenario of like being the business owner and how would I apply this concept nice. to my business yeah. and how would I apply right. this legal document to my business. Yeah. And I think um, – I think when you can when you when you can associate things like that, it really helps to not only it not only makes it more fun to study and remember, but yeah, it just really helps helps you remember the concepts the concepts that you're studying because mm. you're kind of putting them in practice in your mind, in like your own world. In your own world, yeah. you're yeah. thinking, yeah. how would this apply? And you create a better you? connection because you're like, okay, well, if it was me, if it was my it. business, it would look like this. I would hate to go to court against your company. I can yeah. just imagine your contracts. They're probably really deep and really, you know, uh, and, it, it'd and be that, almost hard to go against your brand, which is good though. That's the way it should be. Yeah, that's, that, that's be. right. And I think, you know, um, studying law has also taught me that there is so much gray. There is, law is not black and white. You know, there is so much gray and it's just such a great introduction to how the world really is. Business is exactly the same. There is no black and white. Here's what I did. A, B, C, D, mm, copy mm. me and you will do the same. There is so much gray every day that comes up and I think, it was like a really great introduction to kind of learn to look at a situation from both sides and really weigh up both angles and not be partial to any one mm, side and mm. just really take a step back and have that ability to analyze a situation so that you can come to a conclusion based on facts. Correct. You know, law is all based on facts. We're not, you know, if you can't prove a fact, it doesn't stand. Doesn't stand. So. Yeah. Okay. This is good. I'm learning. I'm getting my legal degree right here. I'll leave this with a certificate. I love it. What was, we're still going on uh, rapid fire, what was 10-year-old Alex like? 
Ten-year-old me, um, I was very bubbly and I loved like dancing and music and I was also very creative, like I loved um, creative writing and painting and just anything creative, I was all over it and I just was just like a really happy kid. Okay. Yeah. Sporty, no sports? Not really that sporty, no. but way more academic, very like determined, very like knew what I driven. wanted, mm. driven. Mm. Um, and yeah, just very close to my parents. I come awesome. from a really loving family. So yeah. <laughs> Amazing. That's awesome. What's one trait or quality in people yeah. that you like naturally just like gravitate to? Like, is there one thing that you're like, yeah, like that's my thing. Like I want to be around people like that. Authentic people. Okay. Honest and authentic, I think is so important. People who can be themselves regardless of the opinions of others. Mm. People who can share an honest opinion regardless of what the other person might be thinking about the situation. I think it's so important to live your truth, not only for yourself, but also for the people around you because it inspires them to want to be honest with you in return. Yeah, yeah. I have to ask this question. Is it LV or Gucci? Uh, Or neither. (laughs) It's Balenciaga right now. There you go. That was a trick question. So you you got into the jewellery, right? You said it was a bit of a hobby back in the day. It was. Um, It's interesting how it started, yeah. yeah, Why why that? But even like why even after going to uni, then leaving and working in different places, deciding to go back to the like the side hustle, like that's the thing. Like why not something different? What drew you back then? First, why did you start it? Secondly, what made you go back? It's a really great question because um, when I graduated uni, I decided that I wanted to get experience working um, in marketing and I really wanted to see what the corporate world was like and I really wanted to learn from, you know, um, leaders and I wanted to see what a team environment would be like. So. I did that for five years and I really grew to, you know, marketing management positions where, um, you know, I was challenged in many ways, but I I got to a point where I felt like I had reached um, this point where I didn't feel like there was any more that I could challenge myself on in that role. The, the, The next biggest challenge that I could give myself was like, okay, well, if you can do this for another brand, what, why can't you do it for yourself? Why can't you start mm-hmm. something from scratch and, and really test yourself? And so I gave myself this like ultimate challenge to kind of um, turn this thing that I had on the side called House of Alex. I came up with the name in 2015 um, and I had built like an Instagram page for it um, that was very much focused on just the aesthetics of uh, just the vibe of it and I would you know post products from time to time that you know at the time I was making myself um, but it was very much a side hustle Uh, all, all the money that was generated from it would you know usually go back back into it and mm, it, mm. I wouldn't you know I wouldn't call it a business it was just a hobby yeah yeah and so so you were making it yourself it was just a bit of whatever a bit of time here and there a bit of marketing if someone bought it you'd make it yes you weren't pushing it super hard while I was working full-time and I was giving my full attention like I was very much in my roles I wanted to give as much as I could and everything to the job as if I like as if I was the owner of mm. the company like mm. and it sounds crazy but it didn't matter it didn't matter how much I was earning I or in my mind I I 
told myself or I, somehow in my, at the back of my mind it was like your your earning potential or like what you're earning is unlimited so it was never about I'm doing this for the money it mm. was like I I'm going to give my heart and soul to the job to my position to I want to be excited every day I come to work and I think that like I always say that um life is what we make it like that's my motto and I feel like when you're in a job and you work for someone else it's easy to find like reasons why you don't want to be there why mm-hmm. you know you should be maybe working for yourself or come from that mindset but I think like for me I was very extreme in the sense that I wanted to love my job and I did love my job and I would tell everyone that it was my dream job so it was almost like what you're leaving your dream job like how <laughs> yeah, come you yeah. you know you want to do your own thing like there's so much risk mm. with that and there is so much risk um but i knew i wanted to do it for myself because i just wanted to feel that like really um you know like i wanted to feel scared and challenged and i know it sounds like torture and scary and crazy but that's <laughs> yeah. kind of what i'm like it's kind wanted. of how i thrive yeah. it's kind of mm. like what like how i feel like really like the most challenging situations make me feel like really like charged up and like, okay, like let me just really test myself. And I feel like you build your own confidence through the tests that you pass. Let's say you grow. Correct. You you don't grow on doing things over and over again that you know how to do. Yes. You grow from doing things that I've never done that before. Let's go there. Yes. And you grow and you evolve through those, those times. Yes. So after five years of working um, in corporate, I decided to leave my job and see what I could build for my um, Instagram sort of. So where was House of Alex at that Alex at the time then? Like where was it at? Like was it sustainable? Was it? One sale a day, roughly. Like, like, where was it? No at? one believes me, but it was not a business. As in, like you would not be able to. I would not be able to live off it. Um, I didn't even know if you know me trying it out. I, I gave myself three to six months to really give it a, a go and focus on it. I really wanted to put my full focus on it and see what I could achieve and what I could build in the three mm. to six months. And if at the end of the six months I was going to not put pressure on myself but reevaluate the situation and see where I was financially, obviously, and how it was mentally, as in, was it still making me excited? I I think it's very easy to get excited about an idea or a business concept at the start, but once you start to run into all the problems and issues that come up... When it's real. When it gets real and you're you're really trying to build it and it's hard, I think it's very, um, you know, it can be quite demotivating. So I wanted to reevaluate after six months and see where I wanted to... Um, go yeah, continue or not yeah continue yeah. so it's been over a year and a half now and um best thing ever huh yeah so but well how it's you asked about how it started in 2015 so it's interesting that you know i'm still doing jewelry but when i decided in 2015 i um took on jewelry making as a hobby Okay. So I just self, I'm self-taught. I taught myself how to make jewelry, and I actually started selling it, but you know, here and there. Um, and so it was like a side hustle slash hobby, and yeah. that's what it had been the whole time. Yeah. Like it was, you know, it was just my thing. It was like very um, the thing I did if I wanted to de-stress. Um, I remember sometimes I would make jewelry right before a law exam, oh, yeah. and if that doesn't show how much like joy I was getting out of it, or how much like relaxation, like I don't know what does, you know. So <laughs> yeah. I know it's before an exam, yeah, totally, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so in two thousand and uh, in two thousand and eighteen in August, when I decided to give it a go and see what I could do with it, um, 
I, yeah, so I gave myself three to six months. I wanted to see what I could build, you know, and it's, it's like the biggest challenge that I could give myself because that you, you, you honestly cannot prepare for what's to come yeah, because you definitely. think, you know, like you think you can make your plan and you think, you know, what issues or what problems are going to come up, but you really mm. don't. hundred percent. You learn more in the first six months of actually being in a business compared to two years of planning it. Yes. You can plan for as long as you want, but in that first day, you'll learn more about yourself and the business. Yeah, so um, I had to really think yeah. about like how am I going to make this go from a hobby to a business, which... Well, that's what still I'm freaking out about. It's like you left a full-time yes, job without to a business that was... That was making nothing. Well, it was just fun. You did it before the exams. It wasn't like, hey, it's already taking up my time and it's take, it's you know, replacing my wage. It's time that I move. Correct. You were just like, fuck it. Like, and I would not recommend doing what I did, <laughs> but, you know, it worked for me because I, I lo- like, I just think I thrive on, like, intensity and... Definitely. And I think also, like, I really had this gut feeling that told me you have to do it now. Like, mm. you have to do this. You have to give it a go. You have to put your heart and soul into it and see what happens. Yeah, yeah. And so I had to think about what is the product that I'm going to... C- like that I'm going to release, which is going to allow me to scale and which is going to hopefully sell. Now, remember, I had done no market testing before I quit my job. This is another risk that I took, which I would not (laughs) recommend. I highly recommend testing your market and your product before you go in full force. But again, um, I did not do that. So what happened on that moment? Like, was there a moment where you are just like, I'm done? Or was it like, did you build up to it? Because again, I'm... For me, I, I was different. I had two. I had it yes. going at the same time, and then when it supplemented the wage, and I was like making enough money in my business, I cool. I'm out. And even the time was, I couldn't do both. That would be the right way to do it. I think that would be the safe, the safe way to do it. Um, for me, I just felt it. Like I, I can't explain it except for like I felt it in my gut, and I just had this intuition, and I was like, now is the time. Like I knew um, Q4 was coming up in. 2018 and I was like this is the time to enter the market but then the question was what am I going to enter the Mm, market mm. with and it has to be a product that people want to buy because you can start a business and get all excited about it but if no one wants to buy it (laughs) then you're screwed so instead of just doing jewelry like I was before which was you know crystal pieces and things like that I decided to go into personalized jewelry which means the customer is part of the creative process they can personalize their piece with their name or a quote or a date um you know people come up with some amazing beautiful gift gifts um where I had I had a customer that purchased uh, I think it was a bracelet and she had gifted it to her friend and on it she had engraved her friend's husband's name and their anniversary date and he had passed I think two years prior to that and she said that when she received the gift I could brought her to tears I think personalization in products can really create that special touch so when it's received as a gift or when you buy it for yourself it just makes it that much more meaningful it just makes it so much more compelling to um it's a whole different connection to, yeah it's not correct. just a, a bracelet and so or i a, thought or how can i achieve this kind of like mm. feeling with the product and with the brand so it was you know it's the brand has to tell a story, but the product has to tell a story because... Create the experience too. Yeah. Correct. It's yeah. an all-rounded experience. Mm, mm. And I was working in watches before and I had seen this trend of, you know, sometimes we would do events 
And anytime we offered personalization on the back of the watch strap to have people's initials stamped on, people loved it. Like it just made it so much more exciting. They wanted to buy the watch more. And I thought, how can I apply that concept to jewelry and just make it different? Now, I also looked to see who else was doing it in Australia. My next question, was there anyone else doing it? A lot of a lot of Personalized brands, a lot of brands. Yeah. and I the way I feel about competition is like competition should not worry you too much because if you know your North Star you know what you stand for and you stay in your lane there is no competing like people are going to gravitate towards your brand and your product offering based on how you portray it how you um, present it and what you stand for and Therefore, the competition that was there didn't worry me at all. I just wanted to just really solidify what the brand stood for and mm. just really look at really great products uh, that would really define that aesthetic that I, you know, had in my mind for years. Um, you know, very like luxe and um, and. So your message modern. was clear. Like you knew where you were going. You knew what you wanted it to be. It was that was that's probably why it was so easy for everyone to connect. It was like this is what we do. Correct. This is where we and are. And I think it's so easy in business to you know opportunities come your way all the time, and it's so easy to you know go left or right or you know I think when you know your north star and like you know your path and you've got your vision, like no one can take that away from you. And I think the consumer really responds to that yeah. because nothing Agreed. can sway you. And yeah. I think like it also applies to you know us as humans. I think like when we're sure of ourselves, like nothing can, it doesn't matter how strong the winds are, like we, we won't fall over, you yeah. know? We've got good foundations. Yeah. Good. I like that. And again, it's a, it's a great, I can see now what you sort of learned through studying in uni. It's like those sort of principles are across 99.99% of businesses. And then like you said, into your personal life as well. What happened when you were like, did you have like a little mini freak down, a breakdown, freak out when it was like... I'm done. Yeah. Let's start. Like there was like the game over at 5 p.m. Mm-hmm. Friday mm-hmm. and then Monday 9 a.m. was game time for the new bit. Okay. How did you feel and what happened? Like how did you – what was the first few things you did? Because I'm guessing there's probably people listening that are like, one, I want to start my business. Two, they've already maybe started and like going to their next stage and maybe transitioning between a, a job to running their own business. Like for you, what was that? Okay, I'm going into my own job now, my own business. I'm going to take this jewelry to the world. What was that like? Fuck, what do I do now? And then what did you do? I think the only way you can take on such a huge challenge is if you find your own sense of calm and peace within yourself and within the decision that you've made. So once I decided, I just felt like this is what I'm meant to be doing. This mm. is, I've decided. So I think it's so important to decide. You know, and you will have opinions coming left, right, and center, and you will have your family worried because there's so much hmm. risk. Um, yeah. You know, your friends, um, and I think you know it's so important to like remain strong on on your vision, and if you can follow that vision, then you work backwards. So for me, it was three to six months build this into an income where I could you know, build the brand to an income. And then from there, I would grow on that and then build it into like a proper business. Yeah. Yeah. So 
you know, you start so reverse engineered it, did some numbers, reverse engineered for sure. Um, you know, it's you know, and then you have to, you know, you draw your big picture and then you start to to do your list of all the things that you need to achieve before you can launch. Yeah. So that was yeah. building the rebuilding the website for me. Um, it, it was, you know, finding the manufacturers. My personalized jewelry manufacturing is done overseas, so I had to find a production house that would be able to help with that. Now that's a whole process in itself because you have to go through so many before you can find one that you feel like you can partner up with and really go ahead to create the quality well, of the product that you want. Well, how did you do that? Because I can guarantee you now mm-hmm. there's people out there, I want to start a clothing brand. I want yeah. to do this. I need to get it from overseas. Where do I start? Yeah. How do I know? What do I ask him? What What was your process to finding yeah. the right one? Yeah. I'm guessing um, you went through 100. Yeah, a lot. I think um, we, we live in a time where, you know, information is so accessible to us, which is really beautiful, but it can also be really overwhelming. Mm-hmm. So I mm-hmm. think really getting clear on what you're looking for and knowing what you're looking for. Now, because I had such a background in jewelry making, I knew exactly what materials I needed. I knew exactly how the gold needed to be. I knew exactly what quality I was looking for when I held it in my hand. So yep. I had all these samples shipped to me so I could really feel them and, and know, you know, how I wanted like the packaging and, and the jewelry to feel. Yep. And so I think, again, like getting clear on what you want because quality is going to vary across, you know, different um, manufacturing houses, and if it's uh, whether it's clothing or any any niche that you might want to get into. So I think knowing what you're looking for is number one. And then, and then two, did you just Google search? Or did you just correct? That- Google is your best friend, you know. And <laughs> nice. and then you start. For me, it's also like the my business relationships that I like to be in. I like to also have a connection with the people that I'm dealing with. So mm. for me, it was important to feel that I could communicate well with my partners, mm. with my mm. business partners. Mm. So that was another point for me. It was the product, obviously. It was, um, you know, the quality and all of that. And it was also the communication aspect. And the relationship that you're going to yes. have with them. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you got then, those across the line. How many did you go through until you got the right one? Uh well, I narrowed it down to about six, okay. and then I chose my number one. Did you go there, or it was all just over the phone, email, samples? Correct. So you didn't actually go overseas? Nope. nope. Okay, well, there you go. So you don't have to do that. So everyone's like, oh, I've got to go overseas and have a look. But how many people do you know that have gone overseas, come back, and done nothing? There you go. There you go. Well, that too. You know, you can do the whole thing, go over and still go nowhere with it. Yeah, Um, I think it's so important to also, like if you are going to go there, I think, you know, with clothing, it might be a little bit different. But again, have your, have your, um, be really sure about what you're after, you know, Uh, know what you're looking for because there are so many options for everything. And if you aren't sure or you can't make decisions, that those are the if you cannot make quick decisions in business, like those are the things that are going to hold you back. And every day you're making a hundred decisions, yeah, and you yeah, know things yeah. will go wrong, and you need to come up with a solution to fix the situation. And it's like, you know, it's yeah, it's a lot of that too. But um, how did we get onto that? <laughs> That's all right. Well, you know, thinking about that for me is like you know when I was younger, my dream was to always be a firefighter. I was like, I want to be a firefighter. Yeah. I'm gonna be the best at that. I find business is exactly the same. Yes. You're just putting out little spot fires all day. And yes. then there's obviously often that really big one that comes and you've like got to put all your energy and effort. 
And then the rest of the time, we're just putting out little spot fires, you know, and it's, it's a great journey. Like you've got to get good at that. You've got to get comfortable putting out shitty little problems that come up uh, and handling them as well. So you started, you got into it, you found your, your manufacturer, you've redone the website. Good. Let's go. Then what? Because again, it's still like no income, I'm guessing. Correct. Then after that, it was about um, putting it out to the market, so launching. Yeah. Yeah. So I launched um, late August and I had, I think, about a month to get it all, get the website finished and get it all ready for launch. So um, now... Before this, there was a different website, but I wanted to redo it. I wanted to make it fresh. I wanted to, obviously, it needed new things, as in the personalization box had to be there so people could type in what they wanted it personalized with. You know, the pages needed to be written. It's really important to think about the copywriting on your website too. The about page, the product descriptions, like a lot of love has to go into that stuff because it really shows that you care about your product and the quality of your product and... Um, it's really important to give as much information as possible to someone who's essentially just buying off a screen. I mean, they cannot touch your product. So as much as you can do to help them feel like they trust your brand, they know, you know, know, like, and trust. It's like you have to first create some awareness, then uh, give them some knowledge about the product and why they should have it. And then ultimately it is them that have to come to the decision to say, I need this in my life. Now, I didn't know whether people were going to say, I need this in my life, but my intuition told me that they did. And that what I had to offer uh, was something that people wanted and the, the, the competitors that I was looking at online weren't quite doing it the way I wanted to do it. So once again, I, I feel that if you can find your point of difference and you can just really make it your own, mm. then it already automatically separates you from the rest and people <coughs> will connect to what they want to connect with. And, you know, we love visual brands. So I think it's so important to really emphasize like your products in a lifestyle way uh, to have, you know, to have them to have people see what the product looks like on so that they can imagine themselves or can they they can imagine the product in their mm. own lives. Mm-mm-mm. So what, what do you remember the first sale? I do remember the first sale. Did you like jump up and down and like No, I didn't. I I'm a very <laughs> calm the way I react Did you smile to success at least? Did you see it pop up and be like, oh, that's cool? The way I react <laughs> to success is probably the same way I react to failure. Like I'm kind of just you know, just chilled about okay. it. You're obviously like, happy. Like, I'm obviously happy, but I'm not jumping up and down because okay. I'm like, that's only one sale. <laughs> it was the first one, though, yeah? It was the first it was sale. The first it was very exciting, but totally. it wasn't the first sale ever because remember, true, I had done true. sales well, before. Under the first brand, new brand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah, so under the, the relaunch. Yeah. And after that, you know, sales started slowly coming in and um, then building upon that. And the way I think. Um, the, you know, the biggest thing you can do about a new brand is to create awareness and to put it out in front of people. And the way you get your brand in front of people is in this day and age through social media. Mm. So that was my biggest focus. And with my, um, you know, experience in uh, paid media and advertising and influencer marketing, content marketing, 
really helped to really shape the way that the brand was perceived and the way that the brand um, was received as well as in yeah, yeah. the awareness. Yeah, yeah. So I, I love what you said earlier. You said like awareness, knowledge. Like you need to make them aware of it, educate them through the copyright on the website uh, and have them feel like I need this and then obviously they're going to go through and purchase it. What was one of your like one of your winning strategies to get following and then get people to buy? And then what was the couple of strategies that you did like they just did not work that you thought were going to work? Online, obviously. Yeah, so with uh, marketing strategies, they um, the biggest thing is that you have to test a lot. Okay. And your marketing campaigns, you can plan them out and the biggest thing is testing them and you learn what worked, what didn't work, what, and then you figure out what solution. It's always about a solutions mindset. What can I do to improve the results next time? What can I change? What do I need to cut off because it completely flopped? So it's about creating this, these engaging campaigns that get people drawn to the creative, which is your video or photo or whatever you're showing on your ad. And then your, your step there is to your first step is, um, technically to get them to stop scrolling. So once you get them to stop scrolling, uh, you want to get them to click. Step one, stop scrolling. (laughs) Correct. True though. It is true. We're just like bang, 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 bang. We're just like flicking through. It's a funnel, right? So first it's the awareness. Then you, you know, you want to pop up on their feeds and then you want them to, basically you don't want them to overlook you. You want them to stop and then you want them to click. So now you've got a visitor to your website. Now, once you've got your visitor to your website, you want your website to be appealing and engaging for them to want to go to the product page. Mm -hmm. Once they're on the product page, once again, that you're going to rely on your product photos and your product descriptions to really make them want to add to cart. Again, it's thinking about the funnel and the customer journey. And then once they add it to cart, it's about, you know, if uh, uh, I'm sure you're aware, but many people get to cart and... Leave, leave right mm. so it's like phone rings the doorbell rang yeah there's so, so many distractions yeah. right yeah. and so then the question is how do i get them to come back so then you're looking at retargeting those people um and you do that through facebook or paid advertising yeah, yeah through facebook and so fa- facebook is the platform that also um also owns Instagram, so all the Instagram, all the Instagram ads that you see um, get created through the ads manager. Yeah. yeah. But so, what's your strategy for someone to stop scrolling? Like, what do you see works? Because then it's one thing to stop scrolling, but it's another thing to click. Like, I can stop scrolling and look, but then what's going to make me click? Like, what have you seen that works? It's, it's in your world. I think it's very visual. So I think it's text second, but it's the visual image or the um, video first. So if the video is um, like bright and colorful and fast moving, people are more likely to kind of stop and check it out. It's kind of like, you know, those videos that you see on Facebook with the really quick cuts of like recipes and those work really well because it just gets your attention and it's quick enough for you to think, okay, I can watch this. It's 30 30 seconds long and it's just very engaging. It keeps Mm. you Mm. entertained, you know, it's, 
You have to think about it's always about the end consumer. It's never about you. Your brand is not about you. Your brand is about your consumer and all your communication and imaging has to think about your consumer. What are they thinking? Where are they at when they're seeing this ad? And what are they going to be thinking when they do see it? You know, and you can only figure out some of these things of, how they're going to react to it by testing it out. It out so there. therefore yeah. you need a lot of creatives or a lot of testing of different, you know, you, you know, you ask what is working well and I could tell you that video or Im- bright images are working well but the real answer to that is, is that you only come to your own conclusion if you test and every account or every brand will have different elements yeah. that work for them or that don't work for them and, you know, Gary Vee talks about a lot of content Mm, and the mm. reason he's you know is so big on a lot of content is because it's the only way to figure out what works and what doesn't work and don't always do the same content over and over and over because you love it or because you think it works well it's so important to really branch out and try something new try something that you know like something that people don't expect yeah. and, and just see how they react. Yeah, yeah. Correct. And sometimes you'll be pleasantly surprised because sometimes <laughs> yeah. the one that you don't think is going to work is the one it's that the really best. kills it. Mm. And the one that is really super polished and really perfect is the one that people don't respond to. Yeah. And so I will say that a trend going on right now in social media and marketing is people are loving the realness of you know a camera that's a little bit shaky or with you know youtube vlogs Mm, and mm, you mm. know people love those youtube vlogs because they're not perfect like people people are (laughs) people don't engage with perfect content anymore because Mm. it's not realistic it's Mm. too it's like almost fake set it's too yeah. one, two, three, step here, step there, say this, say that, turn this light on, turn that light off. Yeah, yeah. I got you. I got you. And is that what have you seen in your case being the better response? Yeah, I think so. Um, sometimes if like your images are, once again, if they're too professionally shot, it's almost like people don't engage with them. For the website, yes. Like you For need the website, nice, yes. Totally, yeah. But we're talking social here. We're talking social where, you know, again, think about your end um, consumer. They're going to Facebook or Instagram because they want to be entertained. So is there a way that you can make your ads or your content that you're putting out on your Instagram or your Facebook page entertaining for them or inspiring for them in some way or... um, it's be engaging, like it needs engaging to capture them and say, like, oh, wow, I need to stop and look at that. Yeah. Um, I like that. And you, the little thing that I do is that if I'm scrolling and I, for whatever reason, stop at an ad, I'll always screenshot it. I don't care what it is. It's more just, why did I stop? Correct. Like, what about that ad made me stop? And that is such an important mindset to have mm. when you're analyzing your own uh, progress or your own mm-hmm. um, results is try to uh, try to figure out why it's working, mm. but also try to figure out why something else is not, not working. working. And what are these lessons that you can carry forward with you and apply to a brand new um, a brand new concept, but using some of those lessons? Yeah, they roll over. Yeah, they roll over. So you've we've we've launched. You've got a few your first sales that you weren't overly excited about, like you were just like whatever. I was very excited. I just wasn't jumping I'm up joking, and down. I'm joking, I'm joking. Um, but you were obviously very excited, which is good. You know, fast forward now till today, you know, the business is global. You've got like connections and influencers, people wearing your product all over the world. How did that happen? Like from this girl in Melbourne who's like, fuck it, I'm not going to have a full-time job anymore. 
I'm going to go and start this to in one month turning it all around to getting your first sale that you didn't jump didn't jump up and down about to then now being a global brand you know like what what, did you ever think that would happen did you think it would go this quick definitely the aim like I wanted to see growth growth is what really drives me and like inspires me so my big goal for the brand is just to continue to see it to grow and evolve. Yeah. And that's not just talking sales. It's it's also like it's also the um the, the you know it's the reactions that you get from the people reach, or the yeah, totally the connection yeah, the connection absolutely. that you create for people and what they um perceive it to be or what it means for them mm. and how mm. they perceive it in the marketplace and why are they choosing House of LX over other brands that are doing similar products yeah yeah so how Um, many countries are in now the most prominent market is the australian market and i specifically did that because i kind of wanted to really uh i just feel like it's important to kind of go local first dominate home dominate home and then how can we you know take it all over now like it is international i'm I don't have the exact statistics as to how many countries, yeah. but it is all over. Yeah, yeah. But my biggest focus um, has been Australia, and of course, it's about expanding from that. So, Good. back to your question as to how it all started to roll. It's again because I knew the I I knew. See, I didn't go kind of go into it to be like I want to get rich off it, or I'm thinking about myself. I, I cannot wait until I get to this point so I can buy X, Y, Z. Like, it was more about everything that was that I could create financially. It was how can I put it back into the business so I can scale, 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 scale. And the only way you can scale is if you financially invest back into the business. So the way you grow is by continuing to invest and to continue to innovate with your product collections, um, you know, bringing out new designs, new releases so that, you know, your existing customers can also get excited to purchase again. And it's once you create a really nice customer base, then when you create something new, they're a great platform to launch to. Whereas when you're first starting out, you've got kind of limited amount of people to launch to. Yeah. So you've got to do a little bit extra work. Yeah. From day one. But then when you've got that, like you said, that platform, that customer base, all of a sudden it's just like, hey, we've got this, hey, we've got that. Yeah. We've got that trust and respect for you already. And I truly believe in momentum. I think it's mm. so important to once you kind of get in your groove or like you start to feel that this is working, like it just gets so exciting and you want to put more into it, mm. you want to put mm. more effort in, more ideas. Like it's just so incredibly rewarding to see that your ideas are uh, delivering results and it just makes you like or for me anyway makes me want to kind of like keep building and keep growing go to that next level yeah yeah definitely so what this is a random question what was the best selling product the best selling product is actually the one I'm wearing here it's called the Supreme okay so is that just the name or is it a is it just is that the, the font uh, correct that is the name of the font okay and uh, people can personalize it with their names or words. Anything. So the way that's set up with the, that chain, the exact look, but with whatever they want. Correct. Is that is that still the best selling, or that's was or is across the board? Okay. Yeah. What new do you have coming out that people that you think will be like, yeah, this is a good one, or whatever the people ask for? Like, what have your customers said? We want some more of this. People want more rings. 
Okay. Um, Both male and female, or are you more female? Female, but I have also done a small release for men's jewelry because I was getting a lot of requests. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. And so there will be more releases um, for the men's. Yeah. And yeah, I I get really creative and like I half of me is very creative and very excited about the product and then the other half of me is very analytical, very numbers based, <laughs> very kind of what you'd call boring. Yeah. Um, but you Good kind mix. of need both mm. to have something because if you're just creative and you've got like no sense of like the numbers, then you know you're, you're going to get a little bit. Yeah. Stuck. Which is what I experienced. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> In so, the nicest way possible. <laughs> mm, so I'm always thinking up of new collections, and the way I kind of think, I'm, I'm always thinking back to the customer, like what would they like to wear, and I, I gain that from their feedback, but I also gain them from like I think, okay, they've already got these kinds of pieces. What could they wear with these pieces? Mm, or what is mm. something that they would love to have as well? Yeah. And so I always imagine myself, and I wear all the products myself. I'm always testing them. I'm always wearing them. And if I find myself like reaching for something all the time, I'm like, okay, I need to introduce this or I need to make this a thing. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's always about, you know, like <laughs> expanding and like adding something new to keep people like constantly excited. And yeah, it's, you know, there are many ways to grow, but. One of them is obviously to expand your product offering and the other one is obviously to expand your reach, which yeah. is, you know, go more, go more global. Yeah. Um, do you have a like, sort of vision of when you want to do that more global expansion or is it based on how Australia responds or do you have like, a, you know, roughly this time I want to be more in, you know, Europe or your States? Um, it's already been happening throughout. However, that hasn't been like a specific focus. Mm, I think... Mm. Um, Truly, if you want to specifically focus on a certain market, I think it's quite important to have a separate website, which, for example, if you really want to do the US, it's important sometimes to have a different international website with ju- just for the US so that they can see everything in their own currency, they feel a lot safer buying. Um, so you create a whole new website, same product, but it's just... In this example, you know how a bit you more Americanized. ASOS.com and it says, Are you from Australia yeah. or are you from this country? Yeah, and you yeah, select yeah. your country, it'll be like that. Okay. And so if you select the USA or you select AUS, it takes you to that. So we show like a different currency. product range and worded differently, or it just changes the currency? Uh, it. Look, if, if you, you want to, to do it really well, yeah. you would change it because you would have to really put yourself in the position of where, like, how how is that market different? You know, I mean, jewelry is spelled different in the US to well, Australia. There you go. There. First so thing straight that, up. You know, <laughs> the way you spell it changes the game. Yeah. yeah. Totally. And and what they wear, how they wear it, the colors, the styles is completely different um, as it well. Would, yeah, it would still sort of be the same product offering, but maybe like the. The offers or the banners might be different. Yeah. Obviously, the currency would be different and the checkout would be USD. Okay. So, yeah. so there's a little bit to think about. There you go. Yeah. See, I never would have thought of, you know, creating a whole different, either a whole platform or just, but again, it depends what level you want to play at. Correct. Like if you want to be big there, then you're going to have to adapt to that market. That's uh, you're right. Gonna, you're going to speak in their language. The thing about that is you're thinking about your like conversion rate and mm. sometimes the conversion rate can drop off a bit in um, 
countries where the currency at checkout is not the same as the currency they see on the first page. Mm-hmm. And so because it's an Australian website, the currency at checkout is AUD. Yeah. And sometimes the international customers get confused as to why it's AUD and not USD. So um, it's a very common thing for websites that want to expand really big internationally to really split it up to make it as easy as possible for the customer to go through that Mm. funnel without any questions, without any... thinking about it. Correct. Yeah, Yeah. I like it. Yeah, it's all about the end consumer and how can you give them the most smooth experience totally you know with the least amount of clicks with you know you don't want them to have to go to google to try and convert their currency (laughs) yeah do the currency exchange i love it i love it so now it's you know mail stuff's you know on on the brink coming out a mail range you know where's it at now for you like again is it where you thought it would be is it further ahead is it what you wanted is it completely different to what you envisioned it being and then what does the next five ten years look like um, for the brand and for yourself too. Like, where do you see yourself going outside of this brand? Also, well, when I, I know f- there's like 15 questions in that one. Yeah. <laughs> there, sorry. <laughs> when I first started out, I really, once again, did not know how it was going to go because I think unless you test something, you know, you're not going to. Well, for me, well, I was, know. you yeah. know, so I gave myself the three to six months, grown beyond what I thought. It yeah, would. In this period of time. In this period of time, okay. which is just over a year and a half. Yeah. has gone like beyond my expectations. Awesome. So well that is obviously a really big positive and it's amazing. Um, where I see it in the next five years is once again, I am, th- and this is personal and business. For me, I like to do the things that are calling me or that I feel kind of compelled to do. So I I'm still so passionate about it as much as I was at, at the start, if not even more now, because now it's even more about building on the growth and, and you know, the challenges get even more challenging the more, the further the you're going down, yeah, you know. Totally. So if you love that and you thrive in challenges, then you'll love it. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, so for me, I'd love to continue with it and to continue to grow um, for as long as I feel what I feel now about it, which is I'm, I'm excited. I'm inspired by it. And I just feel that in life, we should all do the things that inspire us. Like life is too short to spend time and energy on the things that don't light us Mm. up, you know? Mm. So Mm. for as long as it lights me up, I'd love to continue to do it. Um, now at the back of my mind, you know, I think about one day, selling it but it's so close to my heart and it's so it's such a like fun project for me that mm. it's it's not anytime it's soon not, it's not in the forefront no it's there but it's but, like yeah yeah it's like a long it's a long, long term way goal yeah and so definitely. the what about for you personally where do you want to be like, this might be one of the businesses you have like, i can tell that you're very passionate about business itself do you see yourself going into different businesses different brands different industries in the next five years? In general, you know, in the next month, in the next five years, in the next 10 years? Yeah, like once again, I just see myself following my, like my instinct on like what I want to do at mm. the time. So I mm. think like 
it's so important to like listen to yourself and be like what what is inspiring me right now what's making me excited like who knows what technology like updates there will be in five years and what's going to like inspire me in you know five years now um you know jewelry happened to be the niche that i started with but it's i'm certainly not opposed to you know testing out or trying out other niches i think that when you're passionate about building marketing branding and business the product really doesn't matter i mean i know it's how i am passionate about the product um however i think that your product can be anything and as long as like you're passionate about those things you you can create something cool that people want to buy and again it always goes back to the customer like what do they need or what do they want or what would make their life more interesting like Mm. you know the Mm. girls that i think about that are purchasing is like what will make them in the morning like feel that their outfit is a little bit more uh, unique or a little bit more special or more exciting, you know, and putting on like a custom necklace that people comment on later on in in the day is something that I feel, you know, is kind of inspiring for me to think about. You know, I'm always thinking about the lifestyle of the consumer. And so sometimes you look around and you can get inspired by, you know, new technologies or things that come up and you want to jump on board because you think it's a great business idea. But I would say that it's so important to feel that you're doing it for the right reasons and you're not just following this brand new product, Mm. you know, like fidget spinners or something because, (laughs) you you know, you want, because it's trending right now, you know, like you kind of want to think about longevity as well. And what can you add to the market that the market either doesn't have or that even if it does already exist, don't be put off by that. You can still create something that already exists, but do it in your own way, which is going to make it different and unique. Absolutely. And, you know, thinking like, Based on what you just said there, there was a, I was listening to a Kobe Bryant interview, you know, especially after the passing of him. There's a lot more stuff coming up. And even he said the same thing. When he got out of basketball, he was like, well, what am I going to do? Where's the most amount of money? And he dabbled in a few of those things, but he's like, I, I never was passionate about it. He goes, I was making lots of money, but I, I just did it because it made money. He goes, I changed my mindset to be like, what am I going to get into that I actually enjoy? And because he's Kobe Bryant, well, whatever he touches will most likely turn to money, which it did. But he changed his mindset of I'm going to go into saying I want, not because the marketing or the or the stocks say this and that, which is which is exactly right. Like go into something that you're gonna when it's shit that you're still gonna push through because I'm sure there's been heaps of shit times. Correct. I think and your you attitude still- towards the work that you do, whether you're working for someone else right yeah. now, or whether you're thinking of going into business, or whether you are in business right now, like your attitude is going to really define how much, like how much you get out of life and how much you enjoy your experience. You know, the, the reason I say that I loved my jobs when I was in corporate and I was excited to get to work every day and work on a project or come up with ideas, and the reason why I have this like the same excitement now for the business and even more because I'm so excited about the growth and like the unlimited potential that comes with um you know having your own business I I just think it's so important to you know be be doing it for the right reasons and and really kind of think about what what gives me that spark and 
our attitude can create the spark too. Like if you come to the situation with a positive attitude and you're grateful for the opportunities that you have right now, you will be inspired by the work that you do. It doesn't matter if you're working for someone else or you're working mm-hmm. for yourself. You can find that inspiration anywhere you are at this point yeah. in your life. Yeah, agreed, agreed. I love that. I love what you said that your attitude will define your life. Nice, I like that. Mm-hmm. What's one thing, whether it's over the journey since you've been in business yourself or when you were working for someone else or even in uni, what's that one thing that you've learned that really just like blew you away? You're like, that's like, I'm glad I learned that. Um, I think it's don't give up. Like it is so, you're... I think the one thing I learned is how strong you and how important your mindset is. And honestly, the first thing that you kind of have to get right in business is your mindset. You have to have this like strength and like resilience that even if things aren't working how you thought they would be, it's that like solutions driven mindset. I keep going on about it because it's so true. It's easy to say, I want to give up because it's hard. It's easy to say, okay, I've got a hundred questions. I don't even know where to start. I'm so overwhelmed. But when you, when you have, when you have your North Star and you know where you're heading, it's like, come up with solutions or come up with strategies that you can implement and learn from them. It doesn't matter if they don't go to plan or if they don't work out. There is always a learning opportunity in every failure. And so I think the biggest thing I've learned is that you learn from your failures. Nice. Okay. Love it. Love it. Do you remember the moment where you're like, this is real, like this is working? Like It might have been like that six-month period. Or do you remember that moment? And like, What did you say to yourself? How did you feel? Do you remember it was like, this is real now? Like, this shit's real. This is what I'm doing. Yeah. It was after six months because that was going to be the deciding factor for me. It was going to be right. You know, you're um, – I knew by that point I – would have had enough time to give myself to kind of make the decision. And at that point, I just was like, I can do this. Like, I've, I now have a sense of what it means, which is that it is not a smooth line. You know, sometimes you are going to get into frustrating situations where, you know, things outside of your control can go wrong. Like you're, um, you know, even something technical on your website might go down and then it obviously is going to affect your, you know, revenue and all the money that you've invested into bringing people to the site. Advertising is you know, basically lost because your website for some reason at checkout is not functioning or, you know, and, you know, I think the the instinct for like a lot of people is to go to the the blaming that, oh, it's um, Shopify or it's someone else's fault. Someone else's fault, you know. Instead of taking ownership. And I think it's like for me, once it's happened, I'm just so aware that nothing can change what's already happened. So I immediately go to, okay, what it, what can I do from here? And how can I, you know, move things forward from here despite what's happened? And I will try to never make this mistake again. Yeah. I think, yeah. like, you have to make mistakes, but be sure to only make them once. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Because if you're making the same mistake over and over, like, you're not learning anything. Correct. You know. You're just wasting time. Mm. Like you're killing yourself. 
you know, when you were leaving school, you know, or high school, or you know, when that whole transition, even leaving uni, is this what you envision doing? Like, did you see yourself being a business owner by your age? If you had a multi, you know, six figure plus business, did you see that by this time, or was it just like a maybe here, maybe there? I don't know. Or is this clearly what you wanted and where you are is what you thought you would have? I think I envisioned having a brand. I just didn't know how I was going to go about it. I didn't know what it was going to be. I mean, I I think I wanted it to be jewellery because it was so close to my heart and it was a product mm. that I knew so well. Mm. And um, But at that point, I didn't know that it was... I didn't know that I was going to be able to come up with a scalable idea for the business. I think it's it's so easy to have ideas, but like, are they scalable? Can they, you know, can will people want to buy them? Will it actually work? Will like, it actually work? Physically work, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's nice on paper, but in the real world, will it actually? So I knew that I wanted to have my own brand and my own business. Mm. I just didn't know how I was going mm. to do that. Mm. Mm. And I think the beauty about like... Um, following, like when you feel that the timing is right, even though, you know, outside forces might say, oh, it's so risky, like, but you feel it in yourself. I think it's so important to just go for it and listen to that inner voice. You know, we have many voices, exterior voices that will try and sway us in different directions. Mm. And once again, like when you know kind of your own path, then you can find yourself feeling confident in the decisions you're making and you'll find yourself very sure of yourself to the point where you don't worry about competition or about comparing yourself to your peers, to uh, to other businesses online, to just anyone. You're just in your own lane is how I would describe it. And it's so easy to stay there. Like you don't get distracted and like, oh, wow, what's going on over there? Oh, wow, what's going on over there? You just stay so true. So I think it's to- yeah. I think for sure. Like it's for me. I love to be aware. Totally. So I love to be aware of what's going on, what other people might be doing. But I would. I think if you're if you're copying someone, you're always going to be one step behind them. So mm. there's no point in doing that. Like it's it's always good to to find your own innovate. You know, mm. innovate and mm. find mm. find just find find your own flavor. Yeah. Nice. Nice. What separates you though? Because even like you said, there was people dropping off in uni and you didn't. You know, there's people out there who are your age, younger, older, whatever, who want to do jewelry and done it for a year and said this doesn't work. You know, why? Why you? Like, what makes you special? In a way, to follow through and to get this result. Well, I just truly believe that we all have this capacity within us to achieve what we truly want to achieve the hardest part is to know what you want i think the hardest decision for people is to know what they want out of life out of uh their university degree out of their job out of their career path once you know what you want i think then it comes to your mindset and just being really strong in your mind about where you're going and mm. what like just giving it your all to make sure that you get there and nothing can stop you when you're so strong within yourself and so I think that when I like uni and then the business 
the correlation is that I never allowed my mind to get to the point where it told me, like, you're not good enough or this is too hard for you. I was like, like, everything is hard, you know, in life and... So did you ever have those thoughts? Like, I can't do this anymore. I don't want to do it anymore. I want to quit. I want to... Did you ever have them at all? Yes, but the thoughts passed really quickly. Like you reframed it. Like you, I you, reframed yeah. it every time. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, you've got this. Like, you are, you know... It's, I, um, it's, it is a lot about reframing and about really just realizing that all the potential is within you and you just have to keep going. Mm. And the moment that you decide you don't want to keep going, you're done. And so therefore, the only thing you have to do is decide that you want to keep going. Yeah, exactly right. Or actually like quit, quit. Like if you actually think that, oh, maybe I can't do this, either get out or fuck it, yeah. get your head back in the game and get back out there. Yeah. Like that's all there really is to do. So like if you think to yourself, I don't want to do it anymore, it's either you don't do it or you get your shit together and you go for it. Like that's the only real two options. Because if you stay in that I don't want to do it, then nothing's really gonna happen. You know, you're better off if you're gonna decide that I'm out, then get out. Or if you're gonna decide that I'm in, then get in there and fucking make it happen. Which is ultimately what you did. Like you really you almost had no choice but to make it work. Like you put almost that much pressure on yourself. Looking back now, you can say it. But at the time, you probably didn't feel it. Well, here's the thing about that statement is I did have choice. As in like I knew that even if this wasn't going to work out to become like what I needed it to become, I still had the option to go back into court. Well, exactly right. You know, I mean, the reason why I wanted to have my um, education behind me and my experience five years in corporate is so that one day if I decided it, like entrepreneurship or something wasn't for me, I would always feel that I had the options or the, like the doors mm. open to go back to that. Mm. So I never really felt like the pressure was on so much in that sense because I felt, okay, I've, you know, I've got kind of like a backup plan, but at the same time, I didn't want to think about my backup plan because I believe that you shouldn't have a plan B sometimes. In your mind, you shouldn't have a plan B in your mind because then you'll actually use it. Correct. Correct. Yeah, definitely. definitely. And and I'm guessing that you were having lots of fun during the... the, the, Was it fun for you? It's... it's, From that moment where you flipped over in that first six months and then even to now, from then to now, has it been fun? It's rewarding. So it's fun and it's rewarding, but it's also frustrating, challenging... And everything hard. else that comes with it you know yeah. it's yeah. like you have to have both sides if you're will, if you're wanting to just have one side i would just say like probably stay away Correct. because stay away. because the, it, because Don't it just doesn't exist yeah. like you know a smooth road does yeah. not exist yeah. in entrepreneurship yeah. you know yeah i was listening to this podcast and i was saying that if the guy that was being interviewed it might have been lewis house school of greatness and he was saying that the guest was saying that if I knew what if I knew what this business and what this journey was going to bring for me I never would have done it everyone says that yeah if they knew what they were going to get into then they never would have actually gone there day one but you know what at the end of the day again you have the opportunity to leave it anytime you want 
but you're choosing not to. You have the choice to choose to go or you choose to stay. We're all choosing to stay if you're in this game. Let me ask my, you this. Oh, go for it. Go. Oh, my dad said something to me one day and it really stuck with me. And he said, if you don't put your hand in the water, you'll never know if it's hot or cold, which means sometimes you just have to go for it and you just have to nice. try and you just have to give Should've it a go. In. Because... If you don't, you'll always be wondering, you'll always be listening to the opinions of others of what they think will happen, or your mind will tell you, oh, this is not going to work, or it is going to work. Like, you just have to try. Just jump in the water. Yeah. Or stick your hand in the water. Yeah. (laughs) Nice. Okay. Last question, and it's not going to be what's your top tip. I know you're probably prepping for that, um, but we're not going to do that. (laughs) I wasn't. Good. Um, was Was there ever a time outside of that, tip from your dad was there something else that someone ever said to you that was the one thing that really just stuck with you and you draw back on like someone said this to me and like this is the thing that I for some reason always remember it's front of mind for me and it gets me through the tough times whether it's a motivational thing whether it's a business thing whether it's a personal thing is there something that someone ever said to you that just carries a lot of weight Well, mum, <laughs> mum always says be strong, which is always like an interesting mindset to have because sometimes you feel like you're powerless or you feel like you're, you've lost your, you know, you get to, you know, sometimes you can get to um, like a, a point where you feel, oh, I'm not creative or I'm not, you know, and it's like just but it's also like believe in yourself too she says a lot like like don't be so hard on yourself like I, I tend to you know just be really hard on myself and it's always like okay what more can I do like you know it's like once I've achieved a goal it's like I've forgotten about it already and sometimes um I think you know you uh like what you what you're doing now is like something you only used to like wish for mm. and like now it's almost like And I hate to say it, but, like, when you're in the moment of doing what you want to do, it's like you almost take it for granted sometimes if you're not, like, in the moment and, like, really reflecting on what's going on. And it's, like, something that you wanted to make work for so long um, is, like, happening. And it's, like, so... It's so interesting. What's your strategy to stay in the moment and, like, to appreciate where you are? Like, what do you do? I, for me, like, I love connecting with other people like my friends or my family so I love giving my time and being in the moment to me means just not looking at your phone and just really going deep on conversations like finding out you know just the stories that come out when you're truly listening Mm, is mm, amazing mm. and and the, the connection based on that is just truly the most amazing you you know type of feeling have. that you yeah. can have and yeah. I think that that brings a lot of joy for me when I connect to my friends or through conversation through people or with awesome. people yeah awesome. thank you so much it's been good fun and you know what it's some really cool tips there I didn't really even expect to go into some tips You've on been writing a lot <laughs> yeah I've taken like nearly a page and a half of notes like it's good like it's you know if I'm taking the notes and all the listeners absolutely will be yeah, but I didn't think we are going to go deeper into like what marketing would be and different steps and, you know, cool things like that. But again, like you're hearing it from someone who's getting a result. You know, you're getting results. So that's what's working right now, which is cool. How do people – what's your website? What's the business website? Now, what's your social medias as well, the tags? 
HouseofLX.com is the website. And is that the Australian or the US one? I'm just being a smart <laughs> it's, ass. The <laughs> it's the international <laughs> one. There you go. Because we do have 20, I think there's 29 countries now. They've, they've checked in and listened to the episode. So who knows where they are awesome. um, that are listening in. So yeah. HouseofLX.com, socials. My social media on Instagram is Alex Edition. Yep. You can come say hey if you've listened to the episode. <laughs> yep. And... And the business? The business is House of Alex. House of Alex. Love it. Love it. I'll put make sure I'll put it in the notes and in the comments as well for everybody. Thank you so much. Thank I've you. had fun. I've taken lots of notes. I've got things to go and work on, um, which is the idea. So thank you. Uh, again, we'll have all the notes in there. We'll have all the connections or the, the websites or the, the tags that you need. Uh, but make sure you share this with people because, again, like I said, it's some cool tips um, that you can that you can definitely take away from it. So, again, until next time, thank you very much uh, and can't wait to, uh, to have you listening in on our next episode. Take care for now. <laughs>